This is the Orange Podcast, conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. This is Alan Reader, and in a week where we're up to our ankles in the reason Orange is called the Colour City, you've tuned in to the Orange Podcast. This week we'll chat to one more of our fresh batch of newly elected council members, Amedico, who read every one of the 600-plus pages of the latest council business papers. No, really, he did. More from Councillor Steve Peterson later in the show. And a new draft blueprint of future directions from the community wants the council to be stuck into the problems of local poverty. What does poverty look like in Orange? Orange has got a two-speed economy. It's got a two-speed society. There are, it is a very rich town, but... The poor part of town is very poor. So, you know, it's an interesting thing we're still grappling with. What does it mean? Well, I think it means certainly we need to keep doing the great work we do with social services and the aged and, you know, migrants coming in. It's telling us we need to keep going with that stuff. More from Orange City Council CEO Dave Waddell later in the show. You're listening to the Orange Podcast. Over the last few weeks, we've been meeting up with uh, some of our new councillors. We've got eight to work our way through, and we've reached Councillor Steve Peterson. Steve, tell us who you are. Oh, g'day, Alan. Um, well, I'm Steve. I'm a 36-year-old uh, doctor, um, lives on the outskirts of town with my wife and two children. What's important to you about, uh, and what do you bring to the job? I suppose we all have our um, interests and, and uh, experiences. I suppose what's, I guess, unusual for me is that I'm a, a quadriplegic. I um, was a doctor at the local emergency department, was hit by a car, riding my bike to work about four years ago. Um, since returning to work uh, full-time as a, as a doctor, I've sort of found that I've got a different perspective and experience on things that perhaps I didn't um, expect to have as a, as a young doctor normally would. So I thought I could bring back to that to council, some, something a bit different to the councillors that are already there. With this group of people, this new eight elected councillors, there are all sorts of firsts. We've got more women than we've had for a while. We've got an Indigenous person. Um, and one of those firsts is, as you mentioned, um, your life in a wheelchair. Uh, is that, what, what do you think that adds to what you bring? I'd say it's probably just a different experience in terms of mobility and access issues that issues with the health system, both as a doctor, but also um, as a as a patient. Some of the other life experiences in that I've just built a, a house suitable for um, for a wheelchair. Obviously, had to have plenty of interactions with council through that process. Um, it's not too many doctors that have spent a little time on the disability support pension, but I have. I appreciate not foremost a council issue, but it's just a different uh, bit to add to the add to the mix. Access, let's talk about that. Um, when the council usually meets, it's upstairs. Uh, what was the first time you went to that room and how did that go for you? Oh, look, there's lots of, uh, of difficult access stories. We might as well start with some, some funny ones. I mean, just the last council meeting, I was on a lift with the, in the lift in the resident and the power went off as we were, we went inside. We were both sort of in the lift in darkness. Lucky that I got on with the gentleman. Fortunately, the power was indeed restored. I know that there was council meetings last year that were done elsewhere um, because the lift was being being serviced. I think you know members of the community with with access restrictions 
are a small proportion of the community. So, you know, we need to keep that in mind when we are thinking about potentially expensive adjustments to buildings and the like, but sometimes a very small um, adjustment or modification can go a long way in terms of making sure everyone can be part of it and striking that balance between trying to keep costs uh, reasonable but also making things accessible for everyone is important. Access when it comes to uh, a, a council meeting. I remember something during the discussion of what time the council meetings were held. You had some viewpoints about why the current time didn't work for someone who has had some extra support issues. Look, uh, that is true. I have a, a very firm bedtime in that uh, there's a time where a couple of people come to my house to you know, undress me, hoist me out of a chair with this this hoist that is on the ceiling and get me into bed and the like. Um, there's only so late that can happen. Um, and again, just negotiating with the other councillors, certainly I've got two young children as well. We are six and eight year old. We don't need to have um, meetings that go on too late in the evening. That was going to be a problem with some other uh, council members. On the flip side, yep, there are other council members who um, were quite happy with the status quo. So that will be, I suppose, a feature of being on council, negotiating amongst a dozen of us and trying as best we can to uh, reach a solution that people are hopefully happy with or at least willing to willing to make work. Is it good for a broadly representative body of, of Orange residents, that is the council, to, to have those perspectives considered at least or if not, not noticed in the first place? I'd think so. I think that diversity isn't an end in itself. It's one of those nice words that people throw around, but merely having a, a diverse out uh, council isn't a, an end point in itself. But hopefully it's a means to an end. If we've got a variety of different ages and employment backgrounds and experiences on council, we'll hopefully be able to make more comprehensive decisions that reflect the community interests better than we would be if we were all the same. One of the other things you bring to the job on a personal level, a medico, the stereotype of a medico is someone who considers lots of information, solves problems, um, has a reasonable personal skill. Is, is that where you are? Gee, um, reasonable personal skills is interesting. <laughs> Having been a doctor for a decade now, I've certainly met many that um, whose uh, personal and social interaction skills weren't that that high. But fortunately, there's many different medical subspecialties that accommodate those sort of personalities well. I, I won't, uh, won't list them on, on uh, a publicly available podcast. How's it going for you so far? I've been in council for, what, three, three months now since our first meeting. Certainly a lot to learn. Um, I guess I intellectually imagine council would be quite busy. There's nothing like being involved in it now just to realize how many different things council has to deal with, just how much both resources and, and financial capacity they have, but also how many financial obligations and things they have to manage. A new council was big. I didn't quite realize it was 520 employees. Yes, certainly a lot to, to get ahead around. I think I counted up that we've had 26 various briefings, both internally and externally, uh, on top of the council meetings since, uh, since the end of January. It's been interesting and mostly fun and, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, myself and all, all uh, other 11 councillors are making a useful contribution when we're there. 
All of the new councillors uh, were elected on a platform or at least came with some priorities. What are some of your priorities, things you'd like to do in the next couple of years? Yeah, um, I did have a few things that were important to me. I thought roads and, and footpaths are an issue that many people have talked to me about, and particularly in the wheelchair, you you, you, you do notice it when the when footpaths are, are very lopsided, potholes um, give me a, a lot of grief for my car that I travel in trades out um, suspension essentially for the wheelchair to fit into it so so poor quality roads are, are an issue um, I certainly am well aware of various access access issues sometimes relatively small ones just a single step in front of many stores in Summer Street make the store impassable um, things like Robertson Park and Cook Park getting up on those grass islands is uh, is difficult I was a, a keen mountain bike enthusiast and still involved in the club in a fundraising grants point of view. I, I do love Mount Canopolis. I think it's uh, the closest snow to Sydney, but uh, as soon as it does snow, the gates are shut and people can't really experience it. I'd be very keen to investigate whatever ways we could to make uh, Mount Canopolis and the Pinnacle um, areas better able to access, perhaps on foot, for um for people when the when it does snow up there having said that i think there's a lot of unknown unknowns that is going to come up over the council term um i'm hoping that that i can be a, a councillor that doesn't just have my pet little projects but is happy to to respond when when things come up that um are we either didn't expect or there might not be issues that that might be number one on my agenda, but they might be for other people and and uh, I'll have to be reactive and, and able to assist with those as well. How important is it that the, a council continues to actively listen to the community? Well, I suppose that's where, um, why there is councillors at, at all. Um, councillors, I'm sure, give uh, uh, the the executive staff of council a bit of grief. Um, they, they're not uh, a cost-free um, addition to council. So they need to be able to do something. And I suppose one of them is to bring their own personal backgrounds, but also have that involvement with various community groups and listen to the community so they can bring their perspectives as well. I'd like to think I'm involved in a variety of social and church groups within the community so can bring their point of view to council in a way that uh, if there's only the opinions of a dozen people, then that's that's not really enough to get a get a feel on what orange um, orange residents want their money to be spent on. Talking about the process of enacting some of those priorities for you, uh, the council's this week put its new draft budget on display for community comment. That budget came together in a fairly short amount of time, but is that something that you'd like to be getting your head around so you can organise more money for footpaths, for example? Certainly. I mean, the council agenda this week, I think, was about six hundred and. 34 pages. Most of that was the, um, the community strategic plan and draft budget. And yeah, it was fortunate that we got it before a long weekend because it took a while to go through every page. And I, I think. Did you go through every page? Yeah, no, I went through every page. I had a list of, of <laughs> questions. I could see the, um, the, uh, uh, CEO and mayor exchange some glances when they saw, um, Saw how many little points and queries. Were they, were they surprise glances that maybe a uh, councillor went through every page? I hope they just weren't worried that um, that I was uh, going to turn up with uh, a bunch of 
tricky concerns, but I kind of figure I've got a fair bit to learn. This is something new. Yes, I've been a doctor for a, a dozen years, a, a husband for, for 10, a father for eight. Um, a counselor is, is different to those, those uh, roles. Um, the budget is, is good in that it sort of helps us understand the financial expenditures that, that council needs to wear, but also the, the variety of, of services that council, council offer. Some of them, um, I only found out about on the weekend when I was going through where they spend their money on. Budgets are probably a good way for me to get my head around the various responsibilities council needs to consider. I would encourage listeners, uh, maybe, maybe every page might drive you nuts, but to go over the community strategic plan, um, and comment on it would be very helpful to us. Um, the more eyes, uh, the better. And they could do that by going to the Your Say Orange website, Google that and have your say. Steve Peterson, thanks for your time today. Not at all. Thanks for speaking with me. You're listening to the Orange Podcast. Well, across the board, lots of people on holidays this week. At Orange City Council, things are very busy, including a council meeting this week. And to find out some more, Orange City Council CEO Dave Waddell. Dave, one of the key things this week, a a new budget approved and put on um, exhibition for comment. That's right. That's right. That was part of the um, whole community strategic plan. And uh, it was it was the culmination of uh, several months' work with um, staff, councillors and the community. Essentially, the budget accompanies the community strategic plan. This is the whole planning for the next term. This is the bit that where we, we really make our operational plans. We, we work out which capital projects we want to build. We look at our staffing and we really get the ship steadied for the next period. This one was a bit different because the state government told us to do everything in a mad rush and you remember the election was postponed. So what we're going to do is, in fact, um, let's call this a, a standard budget and probably in September we'll have a mini budget which will allow these this new council to stamp their sort of their spin on things. A couple of uh, major projects that getting on with other work like the the Conservatorium of Music and, and the Sports Precinct, continuing the development work there. But uh, $14.7 million for the to make a start on the next Southern Feeder Road stage. That's right. Yeah, that was um, that's a big one. That that takes us from Anson Street to Woodward Street and then takes us on Shirley Road from the railway to the feeder. So that's, uh, that's a really good next step. But, geez, that's an expensive project. When you look at our estimates, say, five years ago, we're really seeing the impact of price rises across the state, across the country coming to bear. Things like the Conservatorium, Sports Stadium, all these projects are, are seeing cost increases, which is a bit of a worry. But um, And how will we cope with that? Is it a matter of going back to government, about uh, looking for other sources of income? Absolutely, yeah. We're talking to the federal government, the state government all the time about whether they could just dip into the pockets a little bit more. If they don't, then we have to look at things like our borrowing ratios. Can we borrow it? Yeah, you know, a little bit more. We're in a good position to do that, but still, we are. We are. We're a very, um, very conservative is the wrong word. We're in good shape when it comes to our finances. We don't do anything radical. We don't over borrow. We don't overspend. The other, another source of income there is rates from a community. Uh, the, the state government bless their cotton socks and I part of limited um, right, rates this year to zero point seven percent. If we did that. Uh, we'd be cutting back on services, so we're going to ask for a, a bit more to take it up to 2.5. Yeah, so IPAR, the independent mob, said you can only, you only need 
Mm. All of local governments scratched their heads and said, what? Mm. Um, then the government came in over the top and said, look, we'll leave them as independent, but we'll give you the ability to ask for more. So council voted to ask for 2.5%, which is what we need to keep going without service cuts. It's, it's life, right? Prices go up, services go up. Whether we get that or not, we won't hear for a month or two. So it's all a bit over the shop. We would have lost, if we got 0.7%, we would lose $7 million over 10 years. And, mm. you know, where do we get that from? Hmm. I don't know. At which service do we cut back? Is yeah, it, is, exactly. Do we open the library one less day a week or yeah. fix a few more less footpaths? Yeah. Drop a ranger. Drop, mm. You know, that's that's the game. The other side of the coin is, is rate payers are feeling pain with any increase. Yeah. So we don't do that sort of increase lightly. It's It's what we need to do to keep going to stay in touch with CPI. Yeah, and you know, Orange is a growing city, so we, we just have this. We, we're creating this lovely city, and we need to keep going. We need to keep servicing all those new people, but giving them the services they need. So, yeah. The other thing that happened this on Tuesday night was to put our community strategic plan on exhibition. Uh, this is our blueprint that we went back to the community from November to February and asked uh, a couple of thousand people where they think we should go. Uh, we, they've come up with a few new ideas, as well as the things that we were working on already, the sports precinct, other bits and pieces. They'd like us to take some action on the lack of social and affordable housing in Orange. Have we worked out how we'll do that yet, or is that still a, a, an aim that we'll work on? Oh, look, Alan, we, we could do this over three hours if we really got into it. What, it's about what levers local government can actually pull. We can make sure there's enough housing supply, and we're doing that through a housing strategy. That's one thing we can do. Another thing that the community would like us to look at, a worthy cause, yeah. they'd like us to look at some problems surrounding poverty and social equity. Yeah, it's interesting. Equity came out as a quite a strong thing. What's equity mean for you, Dave? Well, I'll tell you what it meant. We think it meant through the CSP was that Orange has got a two-speed economy. It's got a two-speed society. There are, it is a very rich town, but... The poor part of town is very poor. So, you know, it's an interesting thing we're still grappling with. What does it mean? Well, I think it means certainly we need to keep doing the great work we do with social services and the aged and, you know, migrants coming in. We, it, it's telling us we need to keep going with that stuff. Mm. And perhaps it's telling us not to be that kind to the top end of town. Mm. Interesting. It, we're still unpicking this one. A lot of the events we want to put on are um, designed to bring people from Sydney. That probably means people with money from Sydney, maybe some more events for the tough end of town here in Orange. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm. Absolutely. And that's what we need to think about is mm. it's not all about tourism. It's about mm. the town and the town's people. So, yeah, it was really interesting, that one. And as I say, we're still grappling with what it means practically. It does definitely mean our services are needed. The councillors also took the decision and were put in an interesting position by the state government to decide for the first time to be paid superannuation. Yeah, you couldn't uh, make that one up, could yeah, you? Yeah, go figure. It's, it's, What's the it's background of that? It's yeah. unfair. It's unfair. unfair. For 20 to 25 years, it's been an issue. You know, it's a job. Why aren't they being paid super? And for some reason, you know, fresh councils have been asked to do this in probably the first three months of their term. Mm. I personally think it was unfair. Mm. They, the government should have just done it. Um, a couple of our councillors spoke against it and said they won't be taking the, the superannuation. But the contra view is it's a job. You know, you sacrifice hours in your working week to be a councillor. Why wouldn't you get super? Other employers don't get the choice. Yeah. Um, Orange City Council said 
the board gets to make that call. Yeah. yeah. Go figure. Uh, I didn't envy them on the night. But do you remember last year or the year before, they also had to vote on their a potential pay rise? Mm. Same thing. Yeah. Anyway. Will future councils have to do that or now it's in place it'll stay? Oh, you know, it's in place. It's in place for sure. Another interesting one that came up, um, back in January, we lost a long-serving councillor, Glenn Taylor. Um, there's been a, a long-running proposal that's been around for a while. That road that runs around our northern outskirts, an interesting bypass, for, it's called a functional name, Northern Distributor Road. Why not call it after Glenn Taylor? That, is that, that's the proposal that's now up for comment. Councillor Whitten put that up as a motion, the Glenn Taylor Way. We've done some research, and uh, th- there's a few rules around this. You, you have to be deceased for 12 months. Um, there are certain naming uh, r- regulations. So it'll go on exhibition, and, and we'll see what the, the public thinks. Um, of course, if you do that, then we'll have to think about the southern feeder road as well. And look, I don't have a personal opinion. It's done in many towns. Mm. And one of the things that the overall arching thing to all the things to the council meeting, or at least a couple of them, um, on exhibition for community comment. Uh, so now the budget, uh, the CSP and the, Glen, the proposal to call a road Glen Taylor Way are out there for the community to have a say. They can go to Orange, your say Orange, and do that. Does that make it easier for them? Is it important that they take the time to get involved in democracy in that online way? Well, if they don't, we know what's going to happen. Mm. <laughs> it'll just ha- it'll be left in the hands of councillors, so, yep. which is the way it works. Councillors get elected, yep, and they, they they they're elected on a base. So, yeah, look, I really think it's important the community does have a look. Dave Whittle, thanks for your time today. Okay, have a good weekend, Alan. Thank you. And that's the show for this week. Before we go, I couldn't resist sharing a simple autumn riddle I heard this week. What do you call a man standing in a pile of leaves? Russell. And remember, you can download this program anytime from the Orange City Council website or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you won't miss any more lines like that. Until next time, this is Alan Reader. Bye for now.